News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Now, the HSE is currently preparing its winter plan with the threat of a twindemic of COVID and flu expected to put a strain on hospitals this winter. Dr. Colm Henry is the Chief Clinical Officer with the HSE. He joins us now. Uh, Colm, are we worried about a winter of discontent in our hospitals? Good morning, Shane, and thanks for having me on. Uh, we're right to be concerned. A lot of people ex- have experienced, expressed concern in recent weeks. Um, but it's it's possible, but by no means certain, that we're going to see a a twindemic. When we look at the trends of influenza in Australia, that usually is a signal to ourselves, we see there was an early spike in cases. It didn't translate through to huge pressures on their healthcare system and that what we call the case fatality, that, that proportion of cases who, who become so serious that they die was, was perhaps lower than previous years and the hospitalisation impact in Australia lower than in big flu years of 2017 or 2019. And likewise with COVID, when we turn towards that, um, certainly, uh, we, we've seen the most extraordinarily transmissible version of COVID, the Omicron that everybody knows about over the past year. And the great majority of the population will at this stage be exposed in some shape or form to, to Omicron. So there's um, there's some uh, well, some uh, uh, natural immunity out there in our population to COVID. Um, we're obviously encouraging people to build on that by getting their vaccination for those the second boosters for those aged 50 and over. We're also encouraging uh, when we start this combined flu um, uh, booster three campaign for those who are eligible, namely those who are over 65 and those who we, we call have immune, immunocompromised age over 12 to, to build on that immunity, both to protect themselves and the wider community. So it's, uh, yes, some trepidation looking forward, Shane, but by no means certain that we're going to see the, uh, the, the, the catastrophic predictions that some are making. So it should be okay, but there is the potential for things to get tricky. Is that is that summing it up in a in a short sentence? No, my message is it's uncertainty. It's great uncertainty. Uh, we're not alone in this. Other countries across Western Europe and the Northern Hemisphere similarly. We look at signals. Uh, for, the signals we're looking at now: number one, influenza. Uh, the World Health Organization, their own. Uh, take on influenza is that uh, is at low levels at the moment. The impact in Australia, certainly a high early spike, but didn't translate through to severe pressures in the healthcare system. Uh, for COVID, we haven't seen a new variant as of yet. Um, there are other seasonal viruses that can cause uh, their own uh, harm, notably RSV among children. And we're seeing a rise in cases in recent weeks. So we will see, uh, we will see, as we see every winter, we will see rises in infectious illness uh, we will see uh, certainly influenza cases. Um, it's too early will to we say see another what COVID wave. Um, that's always possible. It's hard to imagine a, a version of COVID more transmissible than the current one, which is uh, many times more transmissible than the original variant in 2020. As I say, uh, Shane, it's time of uncertainty, but uh, so far the signals don't direct us towards uh, a catastrophic uh, a catastrophic okay. winter. But we, we're watching closely. Surveillance is everything here and vigilance is everything. And if I can say, Shane, once again, I know I'm like a record player here, but there are things we can control. One of them is vaccination. I would urge anybody who's eligible eligible to take up that vaccination. That's what you can do to protect yourself, your family and the wider community. Okay. Uh, we had Finlay Hay from the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation on the show on Monday morning. Uh, she had a, 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 she talked about the difficulties we were facing into this winter and she had a, a, a potential solution as they see it. Uh, just have a listen to this comment. The private hospitals in this country must be asked, as they were at the beginning of COVID, to be part of the overall health service this winter in, in a, with a view to making sure that the elective admissions can at least 
not have cancellation facing them for the entire winter and that the public health service, the government, make um, arrangements for the private sector to deal with very, very real and necessary operations and procedures that otherwise will be cancelled. Uh, yeah, I, I feel the hey there. Colin, I'm conscious that's not a decision you would be making, obviously. Uh, but is it something that maybe needs to be considered given the pressures on the health service for, for using private hospitals for elective admissions? Well, of course, they're already used for elective activity through the National Treatment Purchase Fund, Shane. We use elect, uh, private hospitals and we use other facilities, other than HSE facilities, uh, for people who are on waiting lists, particularly those who are long waiters, those who require particular conditions that are easily addressed there. So that's something that's always been part of our ranges with the National Treatment Purchase Fund to address waiting lists. With regards to COVID-19, we know we have this, this special pandemic arrangement with private hospitals. And of course, uh, in our scenario, looking at the different possible scenarios that could play out this winter, we're looking at a whole range of measures and, and, and uh, uh, looking for assistance of private hospitals is but one. But remember, private hospitals have their own pressure, like our public hospitals, catching up on work that was paused or, or put to one side during the pandemic, catching up on all that elective work. And elective work mean, it has to be done at some stage because uh, illness does progress in the absence of hip replacements, in the ap- absence of other joint replacements and so on. So um, we're focusing on a whole menu, a whole range of measures on building capacity in acute hospitals, additional beds, additional critical care beds, additional beds in the and that long game too that is really important Shane that we're not here year after year talking about building more and more beds but also looking how we build capacity out there in the community that's where we need to build alternative ways of accessing healthcare particularly for older people and those with chronic disease So, so, to, 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 so old people uh, old, sorry older people I should say are, are not in hospital indefinitely as, as still seems to be happening in some cases Yes and, and um, we've had a healthcare system which for one reason or another, similar to other healthcare systems, which has been very focused on building uh, hospital capacity and building service in hospital, which is correct. And we need to build more capacity in hospitals, but sometimes to, to the detriment of, of not paying attention to the ser- kind of service we need to build in the community to give alternative ways of accessing healthcare, particularly to people as they get older and particularly to people who have chronic illness. Okay. We need to build that capacity in our healthcare system to make it more resilient. Uh, just uh, before we let you go, two really quick things. Uh, Limerick Hospital uh, yesterday management apologising, saying they're sorely sorry for the delay faced by patients. It does seem to be an outlier in terms of performance. Uh, the, the hospital management yesterday pointing to the lack of infrastructure in the area, the need maybe for an elective hospital in Limerick. It is a problem though. Uh, yes, Limerick has faced particular problems. It's not the only one uh, and certainly there are long-standing uh, capacity issues in that er- area since uh, it is the sole model for hospital serving the Midwest. Uh, there's been a lot of work now done with clinicians, with managing that hospital in recent months, uh, not just in, in terms of uh, addressing their capacity, as they acknowledged yesterday, they re- they've received an extra 85 beds, they need more, but also focusing, as I said earlier, on those kind, that kind of interaction with the community, how to avoid people coming into hospital, how to get people ho- through hospital more quickly, and how to discharge people quickly, and how to flex the uh, Model 2 hospitals in the region, to use them for services okay. that are currently located in Limerick, but which be used to relieve pressure in Limerick and, and that's the that's the kind of interaction integrated care we need to see throughout the country and just to finish really briefly a bit of good news screening program uh, contributing to reduced incidences and better outcomes in three common cancers according to the National Cancer Registry uh, report today that is good news it shows screening is working
Yes, they work a great population-based exercise. We, what we see uh, from this assessment is decreased mortality and, importantly, we see the cancers in these programmes being picked up at an earlier stage. That means uh, treatment being more effective. That means less disruptive and, less inter- and treatment that's less interventional and, and, less, uh, 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 and, 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 and much easier for the patient to take. So it's good news all around, not just in terms of the outcomes in terms of reduced mortality, but picking up cancer at an earlier stage, which is what we want to do with our cancer screening programmes. We will leave it there. Dr. Colm Henry, Chief Clinical Officer with the HSE, thank you for talking to News Talk Breakfast this morning. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.